The following program is brought to you by the Tennessee Broadband Association. Lead Tennessee Radio, conversations with the leaders moving our state forward. We look at the issues shaping Tennessee's future, rural development, public policy, broadband, health care, and other topics impacting our communities. And now, here's your host of Lead Tennessee Radio, Lavoie Knowles. Hello, I'm Lavoie Knowles, the Executive Director of the Tennessee Broadband Association. Our guest today is Representative Mark White. Representative White, thank you for joining us today. Thank you. Nice to be with you. Uh, Representative White represents a portion of Shelby County and the Tennessee House of Representatives. He chairs the important House Education Committee and also serves on various committees and subcommittees that impact education, curriculum, and health. A small business owner himself, uh, Representative White makes his home in Memphis with his wife, Kathy. The couple has one daughter and two grandsons and are involved in their church and community. Representative White, let's start today by talking about your upbringing. Where were you raised and what was your early exposure to the political process? Well, my my father was a minister and we lived uh, in different places, Tennessee, South Florida, Mississippi, before uh, we came back and settled as a a teenager in Memphis. I've been here most of my life, of course. And um, it was my father being a minister and all. He was very active in in, uh, politics himself. And I think that's where I got my interest in as far as how do you change things to uh, for better government? Well, that's great. Um, as I said earlier, you serve as the chairman of the education committee and not everyone is fully aware of the responsibilities of this important leadership position. Could you tell us a little bit about uh, the function of the committee and what your duties are as chairman? Yes, as chairman of the house uh, education, the full committee, we also have three subcommittees. We have around, um, uh, 400 bills every legislative session and so the committee system has to look at those but these bills are filed by other members of the general assembly uh based upon input from uh either concerned citizens or 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 businesses that want to look at particular things in education and so it, they, the bills go through the subcommittee system first if they make it out of subcommittee of course they come to the full committee that i chair and we look at the legislation that's being proposed each year that we are in session and so, uh, and there's a lot of issues and everything from, you know, how much recess time maybe a school gives to, uh, to, uh, testing and, and standards and that nature. So, uh, uh, I enjoy it and we've been trying, we, uh, during the last 10 years, actually, uh, under governor, um, let's go back, we go governor Bredesen, governor Haslam, and now governor Lee, Tennessee worked hard and we became the fastest improving state in the nation. Uh, but I'm a little concerned right now with the COVID now that we're, you know, kids aren't in school like they have been. And so, uh, we got to watch that. Absolutely. And I, I wouldn't want to add that, um, uh, your committee and the subcommittees that report to you, uh, are some of the hardest working committees in the, uh, legislature. I, I've, I made the statement several times that, uh, it will be tough lobbying for education, um, issues because there's so many bills so many um, committees and subcommittees and you're kind of over it all. And we appreciate all your efforts for kind of running these in and also for your efforts you've made in education for the past several years. Huge impact. I appreciate that. The state. Yeah, well, thank you very much. And if I could interject, one of the reasons we do have a lot of, we had to work hard in education committee and, and that we uh, have a lot of bills is because 
for the last 10 plus years, uh, we, Tennessee has really focused on improving our education. So when you have focus on that through not only your governors and leadership, then, uh, you have a lot of attention brought to it. And, uh, so there's uh, been a lot of, a lot of interest in, uh, improving our educational system in Tennessee. And, and again, you made some huge impacts, and I think we can all see the see the difference today than it was a few years ago. Even though I know now we're all concerned about the pandemic, and its impact. But um, congratulations on on your uh, on your impact on education that you've made. Well, thank you. As we record this interview today, we're we're more than four months into the economic downturn that has been brought about by the pandemic, and no one saw this coming as we rang in the new year this year. As a small business owner yourself, what role do you think small businesses can play in Tennessee's economic recovery? Well, as, as a small business owner for 25 years before I, I got into the, uh, the, the political world, uh, of course, uh, the uh, numbers, the data really is, you know, uh, 80% of our businesses, uh, they employ 20 people or less. So that's, that's your small business. And I'm concerned right now, these are the businesses that are hurting because these a lot of these are the ones that have been closed down or, or been challenged with the uh, pandemic. But the one thing they need to a bit small business need to do is 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 pay attention to what's going on in our communities in education. Because if you don't have an educated population continually going through our educational system, it makes it harder and harder for businesses to hire qualified people. You're exactly right, and I've. I've- Appreciate that those comments and that answer. Uh, you recently recently published a guest column in the Commercial Appeal entitled "High Speed Internet is Essential to the Growth and Stability of Tennessee." I was excited to see you raising public awareness about this and the importance of broadband. As you know, the Tennessee Broadband Association is comprised of cooperative and independent telecommunications companies investing millions of dollars in fiber networks throughout Tennessee, largely in rural areas and small towns. Share with our listeners your thoughts on the importance of broadband as as we head toward the start of the new school year. Well, being that we you know we ended the last two and three months of the school year, uh, children not in school, so there had to be a lot of virtual education, uh, and you know schools were trying to ramp up and gear up to that. And now that uh, we're it's time to start school again, some are struggling to you know to get children back physically, but the virus has not left us yet, and so many schools are opting to start virtually. My concern, and the reason that we uh, wanted to bring attention to that, we still do not uh, have statewide coverage, especially in the rural areas. There, there's two There's two issues. In the rural areas, uh, due to affordability and other things, the uh, broadband is not to, to everyone. I think the number is about 500,000 Tennesseans do not have broadband. And even of those who do, uh, of that number, the uh, download straight, uh, uh, ability is so slow that it doesn't really accommodate uh, lessons, especially when you have a lot of young people getting on it at one time. So that's my concern. Uh, I think I mentioned in the article, or I know I mentioned in the article, that I think this virus has shown us that broadband connectivity is important as running water and electricity. If you go back in, in Tennessee's history when the, or, or in the southeast, when uh, Franklin Roosevelt established the TVA, only, only uh, a very few had, had electricity in, our, in, in the southeast in our state, 
And uh, so they established the TVA, which then gave electricity about 90% of the people of, of Tennessee and the Southeast. We need to have that kind of a federal and state movement today that, that we expand broadband, much as they did with electricity in the 1930s. Absolutely, and uh, we've made a lot of progress, but there's still a lot of progress, a lot of, lot of uh, challenges ahead of us for sure. As you mentioned, 500,000 families without uh, broadband is uh, is a large, large percentage of the state. Even though we've shrunk that down over the last five or six years, and, and we've made some progress, but you're exactly right. Right. You can't have virtual learning yeah. if you can't get broadband connected. As a follow-up to that, you did state in your article that online learning was a was a part was going to be a part of the upcoming school year and we need additional resources to address these cr- critical areas and you actually spelled out three in the article um and you mentioned in your f- previous comments broadband access for every family across Tennessee was one then adequate technology or equipment for students to learn at home and then personal development for educators on how to successfully facilitate virtual and our blended instructions and these are all important, but you, you might want to elaborate a little bit more on those three different uh, different components. Yeah. Well, yeah, my biggest concern is, you know, especially in the homes. I'm from uh, Memphis, an urban city. And, of course, we have broadband connectivity here. But still, for many people, the affordability is not there. Uh, but I know we're working on that. There's been programs come out in the Department of Agriculture and, and uh, Broadband Association. There's been a lot of issues, and, and especially with our suppliers, whether it be AT and T and and uh, Xfinity and all and Comcast, they're they're uh, working on their rates to help these uh, these families. So I'm concerned about the, their ability, if they are, even if they are connected, their ability to uh, maintain uh, uh, you know, adequate learning through a six hour school day, six and a half hour school day. And so there's just a lot of issues that we're going to have to develop. Uh, I talked to superintendents in our schools across the state, and uh, they're all working very, very hard to figure this out. Some are doing better than others, but, uh, but they, um, everybody, everybody's looking for the answers. I think if the virus uh, continues, I hope our, hopefully our schools will go back in, those who start, and they'll be fine. Uh, if not, uh, it, it, we're going to really have to figure this out in, in the next four months uh, through the first semester of school because um, there's there's still a lot of challenges to a virtual education. Uh, yes, there is. Uh, I saw that one school started a couple of days ago and had to back off for a week or two because of technology challenges. So even though uh, the technology may be there, getting the educators and the students uh, trained on how to use the technology is, is a challenge at this point on the front end uh, for the very, very first few days. Yes, and I, my my biggest concern and my big concern too is those students who need the help the most will be the ones that will fall behind academically because they will not uh, be coming from homes where where the, you know, the latest technology is available. And, and I commend all our school systems. Many of them are buying the laptops and the center maps of the schools are putting hotspots in in the communities, doing a lot of things. Uh, but we, as you you say, we still have we still have a ways to go. Right. Um, how would you characterize the efforts that our state has made in the past few years to improve broadband access? I know we've got the um, um, uh, broadband accessibility fund through the ECD has been very effective, and uh, lots of companies across the state have have stepped up their efforts and um, actually invested more of their 
personal money into expanding broadband, but how do you feel like we made, what kind of progress you think we made in the last few years on broadband access? Well, we have, you know, the last, I have been the general assembly for 11 years and uh, a lot of those years, you know, the governor, uh, as they have put in, you know, more money for broadband connectivity, for make technology into the, to the school systems. I think we've worked very hard on it, but I think, you know, like anything until there's a, really a strong issue that pushes you to the final way, which is what we're in now, uh, then you're, we actually don't get there. So uh, the good news about, uh, if there's any good news about this virus, is, is that we are challenged as a as a uh, state to make sure we figure this out because it is important. Even if we go back to school eventually full time, which is my hope sooner than later, virtual education will always be a great supplement. And uh, so we're challenged we're, we're, to get past this challenge that we're in now is where, where we need to be. But uh, to answer your question specifically, our state has focused on this. Uh, we just got to keep focusing on this. There's been a lot of money put to it and a lot of legislation passed to address it. But we've got to get the, uh, you know, the, the final mile in many ways, is, as they say, into a lot of communities where, uh, especially in our rural areas. Right. Right. Totally agree. Uh, do you have any thoughts on how we can maintain our progress on broadband in Tennessee, even as we face the economic uncertainty? I know it's hard to appropriate more money when we're faced with major, major cutbacks, but uh, uh, what's your thoughts on how we maintain our progress? You know, one thing about Tennessee, we're very fortunate. Uh, you know, all states have suffered during this time. And, of course, before we recessed in June, the General Assembly, we had cut a billion dollars out of our budget just to make sure that we uh, continue to balance our budget. But we didn't, we didn't pull back on our, our funding for our schools, our BE, which is called our BEP funding in the state of Tennessee. We kept that solid where it was the year before. Uh, I think that we're probably the only or one of the few states that have done that so far. Uh, some states have, have cut back their, uh, their uh, funding for the, school, for the school children. But we haven't. And so I think the money will be there. And I think we were when we go back into session in 2021, uh, there'll be a lot of focus because it's going to have to be because I think this is going to be with us. Uh, not not yet, hopefully not the virus, but but we we've got to uh, make sure that this virtual education is we've, we've got it down to a pat. Yeah, I totally agree. Very good. Very good points. Uh, I guess kind of kind of wrap up before we leave here. Could you tell us a little bit about your family and why you think it's important to you as a father and grandfather that we create opportunities to keep our young folks in Tennessee? Oh, wow. Absolutely. Um, I appreciate that question because, you know, especially, you know, I live in an urban area of Memphis and I try to work to uh, make sure urban areas like Memphis and Nashville, Knoxville, Chattanooga, Johnson City area that they do well. But most of our state is rural. And I want our rural counties and our rural communities to really prosper through economic development, and that's going to go through education. Uh, when a community has an opportunity to bring a business or industry into their community, first thing they look for is what is your workforce? And I would like for our businesses and industry to move to our small towns where our young people that grow up in these great communities uh, can, can opt to stay home. Uh, if they go away to college, they can come back, or if they go to a Votech school, they can stay there and, uh, and be part of the workforce and uh, continue to grow these wonderful uh, small communities across our state. That's part, part of our uh, strength. And so uh, urban, rural, 
economic development. They all fit together. And uh, one of my passions is, is to help uh, uh, build up our rural communities over the next number of years so that our young people, if they choose to, can stay in these great communities that, uh, they, that they grow up in. Right. That, that's exactly – that's great comments. And I, I think that's the way the majority of, of, of Tennessee, Tennessee feels and, and for sure the majority of the leaders in, in Nashville, I think. And I appreciate those comments. Well, thank you for joining us today. Are there any of the issues you'd like to address before we kind of close for the day? Well, the only other thing I can say, one reason this broadband expansion is, is also critical. Uh, we'll be going back in uh, session next week for a special session called by the governor. And one of the bills we're looking at is telehealth. Now, uh, rural health care is also an issue besides, besides education. And uh, you can't spend uh, telehealth if you don't have broadband connectivity for for these communities also so whether it be education and or healthcare, broadband expansion um wi-fi connectivity is just critical for these communities absolutely i appreciate those comments as well and as you know we're we're there uh battling it every day trying to uh support broadband expansion and and uh, uh our members are small to mid-sized companies broadband providers across tennessee and um they have committed over $400 million uh, for, for uh, network expansion for the years 2020, 21, and 22. So we're, we're totally committed right there with you. And so we appreciate all the efforts that you have done to create a better education system for Tennessee, as well as uh, allow us some opportunities for broadband expansion through uh, some of the funding through other departments as well. Well, I appreciate that and continue to, uh, let me know how I can best support because I've, I still have more questions and answers on this. And uh, Royal Band Association, y'all can be very, very helpful to me uh, as we move forward and, and uh, continue to uh, address these issues. Well, thank you. We will definitely stay in touch and we will uh, discuss with you uh, how we can work together maybe in some on, on getting broadband on in the educational sector as well. My guest today has been Representative Mark White. And you've been listening to Lead Tennessee Radio, produced by the Tennessee Broadband Association, cooperative and independent companies connecting our state's rural communities and beyond with world-class broadband. Please share this important episode with your network. You can find Lead Tennessee Radio on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify, or at www.tennesseebroadband.com. Again, thank you for listening.